Welcome to City Life Church, and this is our podcast. This is Pastor Dave Diefendorf, and we are so honored to have you join us today. Our passion is to help you discover who God is, grow in the likeness of Jesus, and lead well in this generation. I hope in this message, God will meet you where you're at and take you to the next level in your connection with Him and His kingdom. Enjoy the message. All right. City's getting after it, huh? Come on, we gotta, we gotta rise to the occasion, man. We gotta meet them kids. Let's go. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Hope you guys are having a good morning so far. Um, we just got done completing a little series on Acts, and hopefully you saw a loving, faithful, powerful God be able to take a group of people, average people, and make them loving, faithful, and powerful in the world. And um, we saw challenges that they were under in a culture that knew nothing of or outright were against God. But the faithfulness of God and his people empowered by that God turned the world upside down. And so hopefully you got a lot out of going through the book of Acts. And um, before we start kind of the next series, I just kind of wanted to do a one-off this Sunday and um, really kind of dive in on what felt the Lord wanted, wanted us to to chew on this morning. So let's pray before we dive in. God, thank you so much for the power of your word. God, no matter where we're at with you, your Holy Spirit could speak truth to us. God can speak so clearly to our minds and our hearts, God, through your word. And God, I pray that no matter where we're at with you this morning, God, we'd come and hear from you, Jesus. And that God, we wouldn't leave here the same people. And uh, God, we just ask for you to have your way in this short time that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, little opening question. Uh, have you ever known someone for a long time, knew their name, but never really got to know anything deeper about them? Uh, when you really think about it, this can go on for years, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, knowing their first name, uh, whether it's at work or whether it's at school, or maybe you could look back in your history, maybe in high school, or if you went to college or Votech, um, just somebody that you knew, that you knew their name for years, but never really got deeper. Uh, I remember there was this one guy named Tyler in, high, in college, and I knew him for four years, uh, knew him, hey, Tyler, what's up, man? We'd talk about pretty superficial things, but we never, in the course of four years, never sat down and... Uh, Hey, man, tell me about your family. Man, where are you from? Like, just the, like, where are you from? Like, didn't even have that. But I knew this guy for about four years. Do you ever have any of those relationships where you kind of know their first name, but maybe for years, and then after a while, it becomes a little awkward, <laughs> becomes a little awkward, like, hey, we, we've known each other for like six years, but uh, where are you from? You know, <laughs> you don't really, you don't really approach those kind of questions after so many, so much time, but I feel like in the same way, we have a little bit of that type of relationship with God or have a tendency or proclivity to have that type of relationship with God, going through some religious motions to satisfy our heart, yet never really getting too deep or too close, just enough to say, I know him, just enough to say, oh yeah, I know who, yeah, I know that, but never really going deeper. Jesus seemed to knew, know this tendency in us, in humanity, and he reminds his disciples, 
seemingly over and over to leave the superficial, to leave the form, and to abide in Him. And so God is drawing and wooing our hearts to go deeper with Him. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So uh, open up to John 15. It's a popular verses of Jesus, but in John 15, if you have a Bible or your phone, we can just open up there. John 15, and uh, Jesus is talking with his disciples, and uh, really, John 14 through like 17 are just fire. So if you want a little devotional this week, 14 through 17, dig in it. Um, but John 15, we're going to pick up on verse 1, and uh, see what the Lord's saying. Verse 1 says, I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, or that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. This word, abide, we don't hear too often in American culture. Uh, it means to generally to remain with, remain with. It comes from a Greek word named meno, and that means to, it, it, in other words, to say, live with me, stay with me, dwell with me, stay close to me, make yourself at home with me, abide in him. That's what that word means, to just be with him to stay with him, to make yourself at home with him. But we, humanity, we love to complicate things and make it way more difficult than God ever intended it to be. And add to that, there's an enemy, a supernatural deceptive forces that tries to keep us from abiding. So not only do we like complicating and sophisticating it and underrating it, but the enemy loves to pile on. This is what it's all about, knowing Him. It's saying there's nothing that's going to get in my way of being with the Lord, that I am going to make my home with Him. In verse 7, it says, make yourself at home with me and my words at home with you. Man, if we capture this, this, is, this will change our lives. John 17, a little couple chapters later, about this knowing, what is this? Seemed to be very, of a high focus of Jesus. He says, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one 
who you sent to earth. And this is the way to have eternal life. What's the answer? Know him. Now that word know, it's not just to know about, not to know concepts of, or I'm in agreement with his ways. It is to know, which means it's actually the same knowing that a husband and a wife have with one another. They know each other intimately. And that's the exact kind of intimacy God wants to have with you and I, not of a sexual nature, but of the deep closeness of our hearts. Matthew 7, he goes another, another part, Jesus, is talking about how important this is to know God, not just know about him. Matthew 7, verse 21, it says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many people will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name, performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. So we can go about doing religious things. We can go about doing and kind of being a religious person, but yet... At Judgment Day, Jesus could say, I never knew you. What of, I mean, it's just like the fear of the Lord kind of comes in in a place like that to say, God, I don't want to be found doing things in your name and not knowing you. God, I want to know you. And out of knowing you, all of life emanates out of it. In Acts, we looked at this church in Ephesus uh, later on in Acts, Paul spends three years in the church in Ephesus, and he's discipling and raising up the kingdom church there in that city. And it, but in Revelation chapter 2, after a little time had gone on, this is God's word to the church in Ephesus. He says, I know all your good deeds and your perseverance, but I have this against you, that you've lost your first love. And so there may be some here where we may have had a point in our life where we knew God, we, we knew him maybe deeply, but yet at some point, some something or a season of time where at the end of that, we, we level off and we could end years or decades in this plateau of our spiritual growth. And yet here's Jesus's words, you've lost your first love, come Find your first love again. It's really his wooing call to the church of Ephesus and could be a wooing call to us here. Have you lost your first love? Jesus seems to be pretty passionate about being with and knowing God, him and us, knowing God, abide with him. There's a, just to kind of properly put this in kind of our imagination. Um, we're going to kind of take a little general vine. This is kind of a, uh, in a vineyard, this is kind of the kind of vine that you'd find. And um, we're going to kind of break it down. So we got, from what the scripture we just read, the vine, which is the source, Jesus, said he's the vine. All right? So we got Jesus there, and then we got us. I, as a believer... I'm a branch. Okay, so pretty simple illustration so far, right? This is first grade level, everybody. You don't even need to drink coffee to get this. All right, Jesus is the vine. I, as a believer, am a branch. And then look at that fruit. Who produces that fruit? 
Holy Spirit produces his fruit in our life. So what's the one thing that we got to do? Stay connected. <laughs> Stay connected. That's it. God does everything else. He's trying to get us out of the way so that he can do what he made us to do, which is that we abide in him. All we have to do is stay connected to abide, and God produces the fruit in our life. It's not us working really, really, really hard to produce the fruit of God. So many people try to do that, and then they get so frustrated and burned out that they get to the end of themselves, and finally, God's like saying, now I got you in a place where I can actually use you. But just to abide, if we abide, the fruit comes. It's a guarantee by the Lord. George Mueller, famous pastor and author, says, the first and great primary business to which I ought to attend every day is to have my soul happy in the Lord. Man, I, I needed this quote because I'm not, I don't know about you, uh, I'm kind of a night owl, not so much a morning person. And this quote to me, that my first primary business to which I need to attend is to make my soul happy in the Lord, wow, that's a challenge. <laughs> I'm not automatically happy in the morning. Are you? Bless you if you are. Praise the Lord. That is amazing. What a gift. Seriously, what a gift. But if it's just like, man, I got a little funk on me, I need to take that time to honor the Lord, to get my soul happy in Him or connected to Him, or that I'm living this day out of His perspective and not my own. And it takes a little check-in. My soul and my heart and my mind need a little check-in before I go about my day. Jesus is our constant model. He's our source for everything, our thoughts, our perspective, the way we view the world, our emotions, our decisions, our actions. Jesus is the source. He's the vine. Now, there's three types of vines that I think we could kind of pull out from this text. The first one we find in verse 6, a withered vine. So there's three types of vines. So kind of consider which type of vine might I be? All right, so that's the question. Which type of vine are you? Could be withered. If you don't remain in him, you could be like a branch that is not getting the nutrients. It is drying out. It is becoming good for very little. It starts if you don't stay close to him. Things, uh, some things in you will wither. Your love begins to wither. Your heart for other people begins to wither, and it begins to start being consumed with yourself. Our peace withers. Our joy withers. Our self-control withers. If I'm not getting the nutrients in God that I need in my spirit as time passes, you and I will wither. So that's one kind of vine. How about another one? There's a wild vine. Now, in vineyard technology, in terminology, this is what they say wild vines are. It's, they're, they're connected, but they're unpruned. So a vine growing outside the vineyard, no one's caring for it, no one's tending it, no one's pruning it. They're growing wild. There's no one around to tell them the truth. 
they will never have the fruit they want. There may be good seed, there may be good stock, but there's no one around to care for it, to prune it. Christianity has never been meant to live outside of God and His people. Those are two primary sources of pruning in our life, God and His people. A third one is circumstances. And yes, circumstances can prune things in our life. But I don't want to be a per kind of person that waits around for the circumstances to do the pruning, right? I, I, I don't want to let the circumstances do the pruning. I want to have a heart to say, God, I don't want to wait till the very end of those bad circumstances to ch change, to see transformation. So God, I want your pruning, your word and your people. Man, that's why we, that's why we do life groups because, man, there's Yes, there's some truth exchanged here, but not the kind of truth that our hearts need for transformation. And that's why we do kind of life groups throughout the week, because that's where, that's where the magic is. If you're kind of newer to the community and you want to jump in a life group, jump in a life group, because this is where the good pruning happens. But if you don't have his word and his people, allowing them to bring some pruning in your life, you will never grow into the person God wants you to be wild. They're connected, but they're unpruned. And then lastly, there's the cultivated vine. Jesus said in verse 4 that you are clean or you are pruned because of the word I have given you. They're clean because of Jesus' words being placed and developed in their heart. You must stay intimate with me, Jesus said. Stay close to me. And if you don't stay close in prayer, and waiting and talking to him and reading his word, that's how we stay close. But if we don't stay, if I don't, I know for me, if I don't stay close to Christ, I will never be the man God made me to be. I'll never be the husband God made me to be. I'll never be the father God made me to be. All the hats that you wear become less than if we aren't fully abiding in Christ. A couple years ago, in my prayer time, uh, the Lord replied, and he said, the problem isn't what you are doing. The problem is what you're not doing. You are not spending enough time with me to manage the weight you are experiencing. It was like, wow, it was a big revelation. I was feeling more and more pressure from life. So instead of looking to false means to satiate my heart, God's like, no, you are experiencing a level of responsibility and maturity that I've made you for, but what got you there is not going to get you farther. You've got to lean in more than you ever have to move into this next season. And that's why I love reading the Psalms of David. He was a man after God's own heart. And while he made a, a few really big blunders in his life, his heart was a heart that sought after the Lord. And he would wrestle with God. And he would question God. He would get angry at God. There was a lot of things in the Psalms of you see David just pouring his heart out before the Lord. There was no kind of religious bone in David's body. It's not like, oh, you know, I need to be super nice when I kind of get close to the Lord. All right, Lord, yeah. I mean, just become this kind of fake person. David had none of it. He goes, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm feeling. God, I'm bringing this to you because I need to process life with you in this. And the Psalms are just a beautiful place to go if 
you're ever in that kind of season in your life. But psalm after psalm flowed out of David's raw and real walk with God. And that's a real relationship. And sometimes I think we've, how do I say this? Sometimes I think because we haven't, well, for those who don't go deeper with the Lord, you might question of, is that a real relationship then? Because I know in my life, any real relationship, we've gotten in the depths. We've probably maybe a, kind of touched each other's buttons and pissed each other off a little bit or where we're kind of, but we're growing because we're getting to understand one another. And in the same way, I think God is crying out for us to have actually a real relationship with him. So I want to read a psalm, and I want us to ask, what kind, of, what kind of vine was David, or what kind of branch was David? Look at his heart. We're going to read through a psalm of his, and I'm going to read it slowly, but I want to let God's words minister to us. This is David, and he's declaring the reality of God and his relationship with God. And I just want his words to minister to us. And we'll interact with this a little in prayer at the end. But I'm just going to slowly read through an entire psalm and just let his words guide your imagination. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot even be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And I, when, when I wake up, you are still with me. And then it goes on, it's in verse 22, it says, Search me, O God, 
and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. David had a love for God to the degree that he didn't want anything in his way in his relationship with God. As he related ongoing relationship with God, he could begin to speak these things with powerful conviction because he knew the God that spoke these. And he says, lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now that word everlasting is the same word that is used in John 17 where Jesus says, this is everlasting life that you may know him. Everlasting, we kind of have a picture in our mind when we think of everlasting life. We think everlasting life begins upon death and lasts forever. But Jesus is an infinite everlasting life. Actually begins when you turn to him. That infinite everlasting life can be entered into in the here and now. It's not something to be waited for. So when he says, lead me along the path of everlasting life, it is I'm on the path of everlasting, infinite life that comes from God. But here's his question. God, point out and search my heart. Search my life that you would point out anything in me that is not aligned with you. And so for us here, I just wanted to take this whole kind of introduction for us to just get to a place where we can have a moment this morning before the Lord and just asking him that question, God, search my heart like David. God, point out anything in me that offends you or that is in the way of me being able to abide in you, to be connected to you. So let's just kind of move into kind of a, just kind of a little bit of a prayer So, Lord, we just ask you, God, you know everything about us. God, you know our hesitations. God, you know our fears. But, God, just like David prayed, God, I pray that we, too, would have the same bold prayer. God, that we would say, God, search our heart. God, point out anything in our life that is getting in the way of abiding in you. So, Lord, God, we just invite you here, and God, to just minister to our hearts. So, Lord, we do ask, God, what is in the way? Is it a busyness issue? That we're just too busy? God, is it a sin issue? God, that we're turning to things other than you in order to feel whole? Is it a sin issue, God? What's in our way? Or maybe, God, it's just noise and distraction. Maybe not just busyness, but, God, we've let noise and distraction steal our imagination from us. So, God, what is it? Just give this time to you right now. We're all in different places, but I want our hearts to be asking God right now, God, what is in the way? And I feel like the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you and whisper to you exactly what that is. So, Lord, we give this 
moment to you, God, what is in our way. Lord, with a sense of what this is, God, may we just put that in your hands. Just imagine just us putting whatever that is, that busyness, that sin, the, the distraction, just giving it over to him, handing it over to say, God, I can't live with this anymore. God, this is in my way. God, this is robbing, God, my heart with you. God, this is robbing my time with you. God, I don't want to be caught living a plateaued life, a bystander life. But God, you have made us for the game that you've made us for, the game of the kingdom, seeing light dominate darkness. Lord, I just pray that you would wake us up to the call that you have on our life to be your ambassadors, to be your kingdom image bearers in this generation. Father, and I pray that you would, uh, Lord, just take whatever we just handed you, whatever's in our way, and God, I pray that you would just nail it to that cross, that it's dead, and that, God, you would resurrect maybe some things in our life that that was stealing. Father, we just give this to you. God, we see that it's been holding us back. God, maybe we, it's actually become a friend of ours because we feel like it's actually helping us. But God, we know in our heart that, God, it's robbing us. So Lord, right now, God, we just thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for the freedom in Christ that you've given. Lord, I pray that we would live free of that burden, free of that sin, or God, free of that busyness or distraction in Jesus' name. Father, we want to be your kingdom people. God, there's not much time uh, in life. And Lord, we got one shot. Lord, let us live a life fully allegiant to you, as was said in worship. God, fully, fully alive in you. That we're not allowing anything in our life for what the enemy may want for evil. God, we're not going to allow that in our life. And we're going to have a high standard of what we allow around us. Because God, we just want you Lord, if, if we're a vine, God, that maybe, maybe you've been around the church for a while, or we're a branch, and we may not be withered, but God, we may be running wild. Maybe, maybe some of our hearts, God, we know that, God, we've been kind of, we've been connected, but we haven't been growing the way that you, we know that you've designed us to grow, and that comes with pruning. And so, Lord, I just pray for a courageous heart that wants all that you have for us to say, God, I'm all in on your pruning process. God, it may not seem uh, easy. It may be painful. But God, I'm all in on your pruning process because I want to produce the fruit that you made me for. So Lord, we just, if that's, if that's us, God, we've been running wild. Lord, I just pray this for an open heart to your word, an open heart to your people to say, man, speak to me truth. Lord, I just thank you for these people. God, I thank you for the gifts and callings that you've placed on their life. Lord, let them come alive in the power of your spirit. Even this week, God, if they did some business with you just now, God, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your freedom. 
Lord, we pray for new patterns, new ways of thinking, God, that's based on your word and not on our own little rut or pattern. Lord Jesus, thank you for the power of your word. Continue to grow us and mature us to be your people in this generation. In Jesus' name, amen. That was a little southern Jesus at the end, a little Jesus, a little Jesus. Amen. Well, hopefully I was fired up about that, man. I preached to myself good on that. I feel good. Anyway, so, uh, have a good, good week, and we'll see you next week. Amen. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org, and we'll see you next time on the City Life Podcast.